you guys to just stay for a moment because if you can just hang on that song, um, we're going to come back to it and we're going to respond because what the Lord is doing right now is He's restoring trust. Um, trust in the Father, trust in the goodness of the Father in the room this morning. And uh, trust is eaten away by challenge and difficulty and uncertainty and history and all kinds of things. But that's what the Spirit is doing. So I want you to sit. The worship and the Word and the ministry is just going to blur into one this morning, if that's okay with you. Um, Rob and I are learning to lead by the leading of the Spirit. So the Word this morning, I've got something on my heart, but last week, Hamish just shared on the back of my mom's Word, Isaiah 61, our mandate for 2022. Um, she brought that on the first Sunday and then Hamish was just sharing in home, home church gathering last week and we were like, the Spirit is on that. He needs to share that this morning. So uh, this Word has not been prepared for weeks and weeks. This is just something the Holy Spirit's brooding on and um, we're going to minister that this morning and, and then I'd like to just bring a perspective after he's shared. But yeah, we're learning to lead as he leads, <laughs> which is so exciting. So Hamish, do you want to come up and just share what the Lord has been teaching you, what the Lord's been showing you, and then maybe we can end with that song again. God's just got such an appointment again with you this morning. And yeah, I just really just trusting that God's called you today to such greater fullness. And I just want to share um, what God's been saying to me of late and it comes out of Matthew 10 verse 39 the first but if you cling to your life you will lose it but if you give me your life you'll find it and I really yeah let's just let this sit in I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here just totally spread you must just add here um, if you cling to this thing that you think is your own this thing called life you will lose it but if you give me your life, you'll find your life, your real life. And the next one, I love this, Luke 9, 23, 27, the message says, and then Jesus said to them, this is what you could expect. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Will you let Jesus lead your life? You're not in the driver's seat, I am. Don't run from suffering, embrace Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how to live, how to really live. And here's the message for someone here. Living beyond lack, living beyond hand miracle to next miracle, hand to mouth living financially and emotionally. Living beyond grasping, hoping that he's going to come through again. Let's just pause there for a second, just see what the Holy Spirit wants to say to someone. Oh, Lord, you're so much more than enough. You're just so much more than enough.
follow me and I'll show you how to really live. <laughs> Here's a word for someone. Follow me and I'll show you how I designed you to live. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice, giving of yourself to me and to others is the way, my way. And in doing that, you find yourself, your true self, who you were made to be, who I made you to be. Because you were made to bring freedom for and more than enough to others, more than enough through emotional healing, breakthrough in other people's lives. And the irony is some of you are struggling with your own emotional breakthrough and that's gonna come through actually by pouring yourself onto him and to others. Financial breakthrough is more than enough for you and for your and, and for your neighbor. And really what I'm trusting is this bit. Self-help is not help, but all self-sacrifice is my way. Um, and in doing so, you find yourself. And I think so much of us is we, we, we coming with this new year, I'm going to find myself this year. This is the year of me, right? I'm going to put me forward this year. That you'll lose yourself in that process. You actually find yourself when you journey with Jesus. And to someone speaking financially, I want to speak to you. There's just continuous lack, one step forward, five steps back. Jesus is saying to you, go out and feed the 5,000. You'll see provision like you've never seen. Okay. Um, what good would it be to get everything you want? And in fact, you lose yourself. You lose the real you. Because the real you is the following. God knows you. He made you. He knows what makes you tick. And the way you find yourself is in, in laying down your life. And you, you know, I mean, I can see across the room, God's calling many of us today to just, just, just give up. Like, just absolutely give up. You don't know how to rule your life. And I'm going to be a, maybe a little bit offensive, but so far it hasn't worked. <laughs> like, yeah? And I was like, yeah, it hasn't worked. He's got such a phenomenal plan. I just love your testimony of your house today because John and Jen's plan, if they had lived their own life, would have been a two-little-bedroom, tiny house. But you see how God brought a house, and I just love Jen's heart. Is It's more than enough. Does anyone want to come and stay with us? And that's the Father's heart. It's more than enough. And I really just want to speak this. is self-centeredness, pride. Pride, and we all think pride is arrogance. Pride is not arrogance. Pride is just self-obsession. Obsessed with my lack. Obsessed with my perceived talent self-centeredness is the root of depression and lack and God's really speaking to those two things emotional well-being and financial well-being it's the root of lack because what you do is you put God out and you say God I've got this here's the real profound statement do you trust that I'm enough and that I know how to look after you better than you do and do you trust that I can use you to make an impact in the lives of others in the area of emotional well-being and financial well-being so let's just respond man. and um, yeah I'm gonna just we're just gonna attack pride a bit which is really uncomfortable so we're just gonna make you do awkward things um, 
But will you just stand if, if that resonates with you where we've taken the driver's seat and Rob and I, independent of each other, had the same word. Is like one of the reasons our lives feel like it's not really moving forward in financial and emotional well-being is you're putting diesel into a petrol car. And that diesel is self, self. And God's just saying, lay down your life. That service of to others is what will nourish you. So if that, if that message resonates, and I can see across the room, spiritually even, like it, it's, it's spoken to you, would you mind just like uncomfortably just standing up and just, we're just going to pray a prayer of repentance first of just taking over the driver's seat. I don't normally do this, but can we just pray after me? Father God, we just come to you now realizing that you know best. You know what's best for my life. Jesus, will you take the wheel of my life? Lord, I just give up control. And I let you lead now. Lord, I repent for thinking I have the answers. Lord, I repent of my pride. And I just choose to trust you. Amen. And now we're going to just watch God do something so cool. It all comes down to trust. And right now, just saw this picture, and yo, it's so hectic, is... I just want you in your imagination now just to see yourself as a small you and God is just leaning down to you now and he wants to just like a father would to a child he just wants to pick you up and throw you up in the air will you trust him to do that with your life
please just stay in this moment where the Father is working. If you are on the floor, stay there. Um, wherever you're comfortable, where the Lord is speaking to you. Okay, the Lord is doing something really, really deep in our hearts. And um, these kind of moments are not head moments, right? It's not an intellectual understanding of what's going on. It's actually really a heart moment where the Spirit of God is moving and He's breaking down walls and He's like shifting our mindsets and He's healing our hearts and um, creating life where there's been death and darkness. And um, so we just want to give him space this morning to do that. And on the back of what Hamish shared, Hamish, thank you. Amazing. I'm going to share what I feel the Lord is doing with us as a community. And so we hold these individual moments where the Lord is restoring something in the picture of what he's doing with us as a family. And so I'm going to speak a little bit about that this morning. And it really is on the back of my mom's word from two weeks ago, uh, Isaiah 61, where, the, where, where Jesus actually... Um, speaks those exact same words in Luke again. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to set the prisoners free, and to declare the year of the Lord's favor. And uh, she spoke that as a mandate. A mandate is like a, um, an order from a greater authority for the year. And so it feels like the father is reminding us, sons and daughters, this is who you are. That is what I said about Jesus. And therefore, as you are reborn by the Spirit through the gift of salvation, it's what I say about each one of you. And I over and over hear the Spirit saying to me, do you remember who you are? And I think what Hamish ministered this morning is a deep work of putting our roots into trusting God and, be, and, and letting go of self so that we can take full hold of Him and become who we've been created to be, sons and daughters. Without doing that, we're just on the self-help treadmill with some good Christian principles. But when we put Jesus at the center and we let go of that desperate need for self, whether it's from lack, I'm not good enough, I carry shame, I carry fear, I carry disappointment, or whether it's from kind of what we'd say is positive, self-performance, getting what I need financially, getting what I need like in terms of my identity. Well, either one of those is not, it's just not Jesus at the center, it's you on the throne. And so he's taking us through this beautiful letting go in order to really live. And um, I want to say that Isaiah 60 and 61 go together. And so Isaiah 60, that's the chapter before, this is what the Lord says, arise and shine 
Let me quickly go there. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Sons from afar, daughters carried on the arm. They will, then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. I want to say, friends, that it's a moment where the Spirit is reminding us, arise and shine for your light has come. Arise is a position. And I would say my greatest challenge right now is not being overwhelmed by what I see here with my eyes. The challenges, the busyness, the stresses, the difficulty, just the good things, like just keeping this crazy busy life in Joburg. When my eyes are just there, it's like, but he's like, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord rises upon you. How do we shine? It says, shine for your light has come. When did your light come? 2,000 years ago, when Jesus, the king of the universe, took on flesh and blood, and he moved into the neighborhood, so to speak. And he died on a cross, he was buried, and he rose again to eternal life. That is when the light the life light of the world came. There is not going to be another event. So if you're waiting for something grand and glorious to happen that will make you arise and shine, perhaps we should reflect again on the finished work of the cross. And that is in the gift of receiving what Jesus has done for us, we died with him and we were reborn as sons and daughters. And so our position right now is to not stay heavy with the seen realm, but to look to the unseen, where we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and actually stand up and shine because darkness covers the earth. If you look at the news for more than 10 minutes, you can see it's, it's, it's dark and messy and chaotic and crazy out there. It is time to arise and to shine. And it says, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Why does the glory of the Lord rise upon you? The glory of the Lord is rising on Jesus in you. This is not about you getting everything right, your perfect performance. This is not about self. The glory of God is attracted to Jesus in you. And the more your focus and your attention is on the living spirit of Jesus in you, who he is to you, the finished work of the cross that he is in you and you are in him, that is when like the glory of God manifests not when we're focused on self. It's a dead end road. You just do your best, then you get to the end of that, and then you do your best and you get to the end of that. But it's when we focus on the presence of Jesus and we swap the self for him that we begin to see the glory. What is the glory of God? Is the goodness, it's the nature, the kindness, the love, the joy, everything that God is being real, being rising in our lives. And, and it says here that the wealth of the seas will come to you. What is the wealth of the seas? It's the sea of humanity coming to you, you, but because it's Jesus in you. 
It's the glory. It's the light. It's the life light. And as days get darker and more confusing, our eyes need to be so beautifully on Jesus. And so I think what's so important this morning and what I want us to walk away with is that we live for the sake of others. Salvation is such a personal thing. It is your receiving of the gift that Jesus won on the cross for us. But it is also for everyone around you. It is like a connected thing. Devotion to God becomes sacrificing our lives for one another. It starts in church community and in family, and it means it's for the world. It's so beautiful. So I want us to walk around away with that today. There's this beautiful story um, that we heard about an eagle that had been raised in captivity near the Blyder River Canyon, like up, uh, up north in South Africa. And this eagle had been raised in captivity from a little baby, and they'd been bottle, uh, not bottle feeding it, but feeding it. And, but its wings had grown, and the eagle had learned to fly, and it was ready to actually spread its wings. And so they take this eagle to the edge of the canyon, and they open the cage that it's become so familiar with, and open the door, the eagle's too scared to actually go. It's too unfamiliar. The flight, like actually leaving the familiarity of the cage, it's too scary. So this beautiful eagle ready with wings that are so completely healthy and ready for flight stays until there is the call of a free eagle. As this Free eagle comes and makes that incredible only eagle call that us South Africans know. In the sky, the eagle, the caged eagle, puts up its ears. And it begins to venture out and respond to the call of the eagle. And takes flight and follows that eagle into the sky. And I think that is such a beautiful picture for each one of us. The gift of salvation is so complete and total, the victory that Jesus won of the cross, of getting rid of our old selves, our sick, separated, sinful selves. We are reborn in the spirit, but man, we've got to learn to fly. And the only way we learn to fly is to respond to the voice of the great eagle. As the spirit calls to us, arise and shine. Your wings are strong. I want you to trust me. I want you to follow my voice. You see, freedom is found on the other side of dying to myself. That cage is my best opinion, my best laid plans, my shame, my insecurity, my fear, my failures, and my victories. And I'm so scared to leave that cage. But the Spirit's like, the more you follow me, the freer you are. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So friends, this morning, we're going to stop holding onto the cage that makes us feel safe, whether it's anger, hurt, disappointment, self-reliance, dreams, plans. We're going to let go and we're going to let the Spirit lead us and we're going to fly. I think there's a mind shift happening here this morning. The mind shift happening is that God's goodness and favor and kindness and provision through Jesus is actually for others. Bill Johnson says, when God gives you favor, it's because he loves those around you and under your influence. 
Favor on someone has not reached its intended target until others are blessed and benefited by that favor. Oh, that's been a huge lesson for me this last couple of weeks. The Holy Spirit's like, you know you're a favored daughter. You live in that favor. You're actually getting quite confident in it. You're getting quite cocky in it sometimes. <laughs> but you're not living as if it's a conduit for others. It's been a grueling process of sacrifice over years, even as we've led this community. The overflow to others. It's beautiful because Isaiah 61 tells us that's what Jesus looks like. And he said to us, love your, the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and love one another as I have loved you. How's that? To lay down your life for one another, to live that way. And the reason I'm, I'm speaking about this this morning is because it's happening in our community. It's not like, oh, please, can we do this? It's happening. You guys are taking meals to each other. You are serving each other in prayer. When there is someone struggling, you're there. You're praying together. You're, um, you're calling one another to be disciples of Jesus. Like, hey, I see this in you. Maybe that's not so great. This is what the word says. Why don't we pray this through together? It is so beautiful. It's like Philippians 1, we are holding each other in our hearts and it's beautiful. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do that more and more and more in our church community. It's so interesting because Jesus says, uh, this is how they will know that you are my sons and daughters or my followers because you love one another. But when do you ever assess a church on its love? It's like kids program, maybe good preacher, good worship. Maybe even coffee, which is a valid point. But <laughs> we never assess on the love. And yet Jesus says, this is how we will know one another. This is how the world will know you is that you love one another. It's like the thing. It's the most inconvenient thing. It's like if we could think of our own strategy to be really cool and try and win people to Jesus, maybe we'd have our best preacher out there or our best singing group or like, you know, do a really awesome something at Motherland, which we also do, which is really amazing. But the strategy of the Lord is like, they will know because you love. Like, I think we just need to like, let the spirit, and, and, and this is what I want to say. When Jesus said that to his disciples, okay, this is the coolest story. He says to his disciples, like, you need to love one another as I have loved you, and this is how the world is going to know that you're my followers. And then he starts to explain about his death, and Peter's like, I will follow you. I will do everything that you command. I will do everything that you say. I would even die for you. And he looks at Peter, and he's like, no, you won't. Actually, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. And I love that because in our own strength, and this is what, what Hamish is saying, in our own like, I am this and I'm going to do this. And the Lord's like, oh, it's such a kind of good heart. But without dependence on my spirit, you're going to get to the end of that road. What happens is that Pentecost happens in Acts 2. When Jesus has risen from the dead and gone back to heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit and the Spirit fills Peter and Peter stands up in boldness and courage. First time he is actually living out the prophetic word that Jesus spoke to him. You will be the rock and on you I will build my church. 
We can't do it in our own strength. So this morning is about a mind shift and I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you because I'm not giving you the 10 steps how. This is all about trust. This is all about learning to hear His voice and only desiring Jesus at the center and learning obedience. And then we will be like Peter after Pentecost and not the like cocky guy that was gonna do everything and like nothing, you know? Let's get com completely obsessed with the Spirit of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. Let Him be all that we need and all that we want and all that we desire. I think I just see us guys not as, um, each, each life not as a dam, like you're trying to hoard up enough wellness or emotional energy or finances to actually give away a cup of water, like, oh, here I have some water from my dam, but I need to fill this all the time, that each life would be a river, and the Spirit would just flow out of us because we know we're here for Him and we're here for others. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there because there's been a lot this morning um, to take in. And there's a lot of shifting that the Holy Spirit's doing, which is so beautiful. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I just had this beautiful picture this morning of the woman who took the alabaster jar of perfume, and that was worth a year's wages. That's like a very, very, very high cost. And in her devotion to Jesus, she broke it at his feet and poured it onto him, and the fragrance filled the house. And I feel like that's what's happening this morning. It's like he's asking us to take the most precious things that could be our cage, might be our blessings, and break it at his feet as an act of worship for him and for others. And so if you can just stand and Pete and Mads are going to sing a song to us uh, and it's a reflection. It's a, it's a moment of ministry from the Spirit. It is called, hold on. Sorry. Um, while we were worshiping earlier, it's just a confirmation. Don't you love the way the Holy Spirit shows you that he's is talking to you and that it we should flow into one another's lives. But he just showed me that um, the upper room and how people went there out of obedience to the Holy Spirit. He led them. He said to them, he, Jesus said, go. Okay. And they were afraid. They, they were broken. They had let Jesus down. They had lied. They had fallen. And often we are afraid because we see all our imperfections and it just confirms. And I just feel like the Lord was saying to me um, to get up and say the word, but I didn't as usual. But anyway, um, he, he, he says, you know, come to the upper room. I, I can see your brokenness. I, I, I called you anyway. I said, come. And so it's out of obedience. It's that trust we're talking about. But um, don't think you have to be perfect. Don't think you have to have it sorted out. We try and fix ourselves all the time. And we like those, those boats, those lifeboats with patches all over. But he's throwing us into the water, the life-giving water. And he's saying, float, lie back, and you will see this glory of the Lord come upon you. So I just thank you. It definitely confirms. That's so good. Thank you for sharing. So this is the upper room right now. And we're going to come just as we are with the stuff we're struggling with, the challenges, the 
and just allow the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. So we're just going to just find a place that you feel you can just reflect and just position your heart to hear from the Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are like that great eagle that calls us to catch the wind and to fly. You're calling us to be in fullness who you've created us to be, sons and daughters, completely free and set free by Jesus and living in freedom by life with you, Holy Spirit. So I just pray right now that in each heart, in each life, there would be the cry of that, of you, Spirit, that like that great eagle, the cry to freedom. And you would just call us to deeper friendship, to deeper fellowship, that you would fill us again right now. Fill us again, the empowering presence of Jesus.